You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 68. And we're talking all about the joyful subject of disappointing results. I'm going to share what I do when I'm helping students deal with a disappointing result in an assignment or an exam so that they can understand and connect with the situation and have a way to move forward from it with clarity and positivity. I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study, and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hello, my very important parents. I hope you're doing great. I am having a little sigh because I have just recorded this podcast once (laughs) and then clicked stop record only to realize that I hadn't pressed record. So if your teen has ever had something like this happen to them or, you know, lost a file or whatever it is, I get it. And I heard a tip very recently that definitely helps me right now in this situation. And it was, if ever you have to do something twice, it's probably going to be better the second time. So hopefully that means that this episode should be really smooth (laughs) and really awesome for you to listen to. And I think it's kind of fitting, isn't it? Because we are talking today about disappointing results. Because I know that there have been trials, mock exams, and other exam blocks for a lot of students here in Australia and New Zealand recently. And if you're in the UK or international schools, then I still hope this will be really useful right now because for you, the new school year is just kicking off. And unfortunately, a disappointing result of some sort is going to happen for all of us at some point. It did for me as a student. I see it happening for students today. So I thought it would be helpful to talk about what I say and how I try to help students when this happens for them. And to be clear, I am no psychologist. I have zero training as a counsellor, as a therapist, as a team psychiatrist or anything else that would actually qualify me to share any advice on this. I'm not even a parent myself. So I am purely sharing this as anecdotal experience and in case even one thing might help you or your teen. But that anecdotal experience, as you can imagine, is fairly extensive because I have talked with hundreds of students over the years who have at some point or in some way, shape or form received a disappointing result, be that in my role as a high school teacher, as a head of department, as a study coach, as a homeroom teacher, as a tutor, in all of the different ways that I have worked with students over the past 17 years. And of course, every child is different. And of course, each scenario and situation is different. So like I said, this isn't any hard and fast advice. But after lots and lots of different versions of these conversations, I realized that there were some similarities in the things that seemed to 
basically work well. And there are two things that I've tended to home in on and always make sure I include in the conversation and in a particular order. And so I figured it might be helpful to others who also have these conversations, i.e. probably you as a parent or a carer. Now, as a teacher and study coach, the thing that I, of course, really want to get into with them is figuring out where things probably went wrong or how to help them fix it so that they know better next time and can do better next time. But that's kind of like a friend telling me that they've just broken up with their partner and then me immediately trying to match them up with someone new. It's a little bit dismissive of their experience and the thoughts and feelings that they're going to be having in that moment. But of course, understandable because we want the other person to not feel so bad. It could be tempting to try to placate a student with saying things like, well, look, as long as you tried your best or, you know, results aren't everything or even counter it with, hey, I think it's a pretty good result. But again, if we relate it to the friend with the breakup, it's a bit like saying, well, there's plenty more fish (laughs) or the worst one. I never like them anyway. (laughs) So in my experience, when I talk with students, I have found the most effective thing is to start out by taking a moment to really validate how they're thinking or feeling about that result. And we don't want them to wallow in the disappointment forever, but we don't just want to gloss over it or basically tell them that it doesn't matter or try to immediately move them on from it. Even though I know it's tempting because we just want them to feel better about themselves and the situation. And even though very often we know that in the grand scheme of life, no, that result doesn't really matter to them in their life at that moment, it does. And I think there is a positive to be had here in that they clearly do want to do well and they clearly believe in themselves enough to think that they were going to do better. They know that their potential is greater and this is a great thing. The worst case situation, I think, is where a teen has lost faith in their ability. They've lost their self-confidence and self-belief, so they don't even expect to do well. So first up, I make sure that I've taken the time to hear and genuinely acknowledge how they are viewing the result or task and how they're feeling about it. And likely you are already much better at this as a parent than I am. Because like I said, psychology or emotional well-being or parenting is not my area of expertise. But I have found that students aren't really ready to actually tackle or evaluate or critique the nitty gritty of the task if they haven't been able to embrace or share or I guess process that first stage of really taking that result in. So it's only once I've done this and sort of gauged where they're at and have shown that I understand how they're feeling, only then do I let myself loose (laughs) on the area that is my expertise and that I do see as my strong suit and that I'm going to focus on sharing in this episode because it's likely that it might be less of an area of expertise for someone who isn't an educator or an assessor and therefore I hope it is helpful for me to share a little bit more on this. Because ultimately, we want to make that exam or assessment informative and useful for your teen, not just a mark on a piece of paper, something to be done and dusted. And that can be tricky because so often we want to put stressful or hard things behind us 
and move on and breathe a sigh of relief that it's just done, whether the outcome was good or bad or somewhere in the middle. We just want to move on. But there is so much to be gained from an in-depth dissection of it all. We really do want to identify at least one reason as to why they got that result. What we don't want is for them to come away from everything feeling confused and uncertain because that's likely to then carry through to other tasks in future. Because if they thought that they'd done a lot of things right on this task but then didn't get the result that they were hoping for or that they expected, then they're likely going to doubt themselves on upcoming tasks because they'll think that they know what to do, but they thought that last time, right? And it didn't work out. So maybe they don't actually know what they are doing here. They're going to question themselves. There's going to be a lot more uncertainty. And so there are two aspects to getting into this. Number one is dissecting what they actually wrote and submitted and the marks that it got or the criteria that it hit or didn't. And then the second part is dissecting how your teen actually worked on it. Now, for dissecting what they actually wrote and submitted, I would recommend checking out as well episode 13 of this podcast. It's called Assessment Postmortems. It's where I share the one word to ask your teen or that they should be asking themselves about a completed assessment or exam question. And I also share real life ways that I've taken students through assessment postmortems because we want to know exactly what got marks and what didn't and all importantly, why that was. I had a conversation recently with a 10WGT grad. His name was Alex. And one of the things that sticks in my mind was when he said to me that he had a previous exam that he'd done a month or two before and he hadn't done very well on it. And he actively went back and found it and went through it. And he said, I could instantly see all of the reasons why I hadn't got certain marks, where I hadn't really answered a question, where I hadn't addressed the command word. And that gave him so much confidence as well as, of course, so many skills and know-how to be able to tackle all future exams a lot more successfully and confidently. Now, if your team can't really do this themselves or they're not really sure how to do this, then they should definitely go ask their teacher to go through the assessment with them. And reminder for anyone with a teen in the 10-week grade transformation program right now, they can come to any three of our live group coaching calls. We hold them every week during term time. Next level students can come to any of our calls at any time and they can submit a completed exam paper or assessment to any of those calls and I will be ready and raring to do this work with your teen to guide them and we'll figure it out together. I will explain and dissect everything with them because this is such a valuable and high bang for buck exercise to do. It's one of my absolute favorite things to coach students on in our calls because so often that disappointing mark isn't about an answer actually being right or wrong. It's about how they answered or how their answer did or didn't align with the mark scheme. And you can most likely resonate with this in some way. So for example, let's just say it's an English essay. It's unlikely that they've written about the wrong character or they've described a scene totally wrong or even written about a totally different theme than was asked. 
that is unlikely to be the issue. So it doesn't matter that they're not going to get that exact same essay question again, or maybe they don't even need to study Romeo and Juliet anymore ever again. It's about how they analysed or perhaps didn't properly analyse or in an exam, it's how they addressed the command of the question or didn't or how accurately they predicted the mark scheme just from reading the question or didn't. And these are universal skills that can be used, in fact, need to be used again and again in every subject and in all different types of tasks and assessments. And so that's the aspect of dissecting what they actually wrote or presented or said in their speech, the content that they delivered for that assessment. And then the other part was how did they actually go with working on it? Was it a smooth path or did they maybe have a full start somewhere and have to restart something? Did they go around in circles a little bit along the way? Did they procrastinate or get distracted while they were working? How much effort were they actually putting in? Now, I like to use scales of one to 10 for this. So if they're an eight or above on anything, I'm pretty happy with that. So eight or more in terms of their confidence in the subject content, all good. Eight or more in effort, all good. Eight or more in confidence, all good. But if it's less than that, then we might need to dig a little bit more. Maybe they gave themselves a five for effort, but maybe that was for a strategic reason. Maybe this task didn't actually count towards a final grade and they had other assessments on at that time that did, in which case... Is the result truly disappointing or is it possibly what we'd actually expect for a 5 out of 10 in effort? Or if they did put off getting started and then ended up under time pressure, then that may well be the reason for the result. Whatever it is, we want to figure out why. Why they got that result. And as a heads up, it will likely be more than one reason. So for me, it's important to keep exploring all of the aspects that I just described and not just stop at the first sign of an explanation. So for example, if they say they procrastinated on getting started, then we want to find the cause of that procrastination. Were they unsure of what they had to do? Were they a bit uncertain of how to do it? Or if they ended up pressed for time? Did they genuinely misjudge how long it was going to take to complete? Or was the time that they spent on it maybe unfocused and full of multitasking on other things as well? Or did they simply not schedule or plan it all out and break it down and give themselves the right amount of time in the first place? Is that the reason? Now, in amongst all of this, they might well have a situation where there's something beyond their control that they give as the reason. So they might say something like, well, the teacher didn't really explain the task clearly, or I got sick and missed some of the information, or I had a major footy tournament on the weekend before it was due. So I just didn't have the time to put into it. And this is where I like to encourage students to consider how they could make a more positive impact here. Could they, for example, ask their teacher for more clarification or say, here's what I think I need to do. Can you tell me if that's right? Or could they independently catch up on something they missed or proactively plan for when time is going to be tight and things are busy? Because I think this is much more powerful than blaming an outside factor. Now, not that those factors aren't real and not dismissing a genuine issue, 
But the truth is that being able to see where we do have some control and where we can overcome some of these external factors, I think is a great life skill. I think it's one of the times when we truly can say that school or assessment is helping to set us up for success in life. Not because we're being spoon-fed information or because we can now analyze Romeo and Juliet, (laughs) but being given a hurdle and therefore an opportunity to figure out how we can proactively set ourselves up for success and be resilient in the face of adversity and reflect on and strategically evaluate results or outcomes whilst taking the majority of the responsibility. And on that note, some of the reasons that your teen identifies are going to be relatively easy to solve. Like, okay, next time, You need to plan out each subtask and schedule in when you're going to do it. And others are going to be trickier and may require some additional skills and training. But all of them are solvable, or at least steps can be taken to improve them. Because I have never had a student where I've just had to throw my hands up in the air and say, yeah, you know what? I've got no idea how we could do things differently next time to significantly improve the likelihood of getting a higher grade. Never. That has never happened. (laughs) And so, of course, I really hope that your teen has had a lot of success and has been really happy with any results that they've had back recently. But if they aren't totally happy, then I hope that you can use these two aspects of follow up, acknowledging and understanding their thoughts and feelings about the result and actually letting them feel those rather than instantly trying to cover them up and gloss over them with more positive ones. And then trying to identify the skills and techniques that they need to use or learn or hone in order to work and perform in a way that creates more success for them next time and in a way that best reflects their true ability and the effort that they've been putting in. I hope you have a brilliant rest of your day. If you know someone else that might find this podcast helpful, please screenshot it and share it with them. If you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, make sure you click to follow or subscribe and I will see you back here next week. Take care. Bye. You're ready to have your teen achieve their best possible results with less stress, then I want to invite you to enroll them in the 10-week grade transformation program, where they're going to learn the key concepts, skills, and strategies to catapult their performance in assessments and exams. It's risk-free. They either achieve bigger and better results with a whole lot more confidence in 10 weeks, or we refund you in full. Just head over to www.rocksolidstudy.com forward slash program and I'll see you there.